Hello and welcome to the new episode of On Top of PR. I'm your host, Jason Mudd. Our show is presented by ReviewMaxer. We want to thank them for their presenting sponsorship. Today, we've got a very interesting episode where we're taking some research from brands about their attitudes toward the recession. And there's three things I think you're going to learn and really benefit from by watching or listening to this episode. The first one is there seems to be three ways that brands are responding to the economic climate. The second one is that we have research to show that brands who are actively building attention and staying the course and being even aggressive in their marketing efforts will win out over their competition when the recession is over. And so there's links to that in the show notes that you should definitely check out. But we're going to talk about that as well. The final thing we're going to talk about are ways to work with your agency uh, if you use an outside agency during this time of uncertainty. There's some really good tips here. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. I'm glad you're here, and I know you'll be glad you're here too. So here we go. Welcome to On Top of PR with Jason Mudd, presented by ReviewMaxer. Hello and welcome to On Top of PR. I'm your host, Jason Mudd. Our show is brought to you by ReviewMaxer. I'm very pleased today to uh, be joined by not one, but two guests uh, in our virtual studio. And uh, so uh, let's say hello, uh, Drew and Susan. Are you there? Hello. We're good here. morning. Hi, hey. Jason. Welcome. Glad you're here. Uh, thanks for being here. So today we are here to talk about your uh, annual research uh, survey that you did. And um, there's quite a story behind it. Um, which one of you would like to kind of give the backstory of uh, how you had to pivot during uh, COVID with your, with your survey? I'll give you a little bit of background on the research. So Susan and I started the Agency Edge Research Series in 2014. And every year we decide on a topic that we think is going to be super relevant to agency owners. And we go out into the field and uh, Susan's company, Audience Audit, does the research. And so uh, and then we come back together, we review the data, and then we, we go out and tell the world about it. So this year, uh, the decision we had made, we always decide sort of at the tail end of the previous year. So late in 2019, we decided that we were going to ask marketing directors, CMOs, business owners, how they were feeling about the economy. Did they think a recession was coming? And if so, how was that going to color their relationship with their agencies? Well, it got to be late February. We were pushing to get out into the field early, uh, earlier than we normally do. And then, of course, uh, we got sort of this uh, spidey sense that there was trouble coming around the bend. And so we didn't go out into the field. And of course, the pandemic hit the US in mid-March. And so obviously, we didn't have to ask if they thought there was going to be a recession because we were in the middle of one. So we pivoted and we asked questions about now that you are in the throes of COVID and the recession, how are you feeling about your business? How is this impacting your relationship with agencies? How is it changing what you're spending your money on if you're spending as much money? And we actually fielded this study in late June, early July, which was really at the height of, we had just come out of the worst quarter in US history other than the Great Depression. Uh, so it was sort of at the height of the pain point for most businesses. And uh, that's that's how we ended up pivoting the study to be uber relevant to folks today. Nice. 
And Susan, you guys have been doing this, uh, I believe Drew said since 2014, and I'm sure you haven't seen anything like this disrupt uh, your flow of doing a, a survey, whether it's this one or the other ones you do for your clients. No, I mean, COVID has thrown everybody into panic, it seems like, from a research standpoint. There's a lot of, I'm sure you've seen it, tons of research coming out about the impact of COVID and the impact of the recession and stuff like that. But, you know, our perspective is always about agencies. And the big question that every agency was asking is, what's going to happen? What are clients doing? You know, um, and we thought it was appropriate to sort of bring our attitudinal perspective to that question. And just for our audience, uh, let's differentiate what attitudinal means as opposed to other surveys that might be out there. So a lot of research uh, does a couple things that are different than ours. First of all, it looks at everybody together. So it shows you percentages of a large group that think this or think that. Um, and the second is a lot of it focuses on um, grouping respondents based on sort of what their role is or what vertical they're in or how big their organization is. Our approach has always been to look at our respondents attitudinally. We ask a lot of questions to understand sort of the headspace they're in, um, the things that are concerning them, the background that they have, um, the assumptions that they're making about a situation as they go into major decision making. And we look at groups of people who are, who maybe all look the same from the standpoint of how big they are or how small or what their role is, but are very, very different in terms of the attitudes they have that are fueling the decisions they're making. And we found that in this study too, very different groups when it comes to thinking about the recession and what they're going to do as a result of what's happening. Right. So while your primary audience for this research, uh, this data is agencies, advertising agencies, digital agencies, PR firms, um, what we've agreed to do today is kind of turn that information around and share with uh, the marketing community and the brands and the client side what they told you uh, in your uh, outreach to them. And so kind of help us, Susan, since you're the research expert here, uh, give us some guidance of the sample that you pulled from. Uh, who is the audience that you went to? What do they look like? And uh, uh, so that uh, people can begin to kind of, that our audience here relate to those uh, brands. Sure. So this year um, we went out to respondents who are active agency clients in the United States. They're working with at least one agency. We have B2B, B2C organizations across the scope of industries, whether we're talking service, retail, manufacturing, government, nonprofit, um, all of these folks have revenue up to $500 million um, and marketing budgets up to $20 million. So we have a big range of folks from little guys uh, to big guys. And, and really the survey content was focused on, you know, how are you thinking about what's happening economically and its impact on your organization? Uh, what kinds of things have you done already at the end of June, mid-July, as Drew said? Uh, and what do you think you're going to be doing? What are your plans looking like, both with respect to um, uh, marketing spending, but also with respect to agency relationships and things like that? So it's a very broad-based and very large uh, sample of agency clients in the U.S. Perfect. So... Uh, I, as I recall, you you guys kind of came back with uh, a, a handful of key takeaways uh, that you learned from those uh, from that uh, 
talking to these companies. Um, so let's go through uh, some of those takeaways and, uh, and, and share them. And ultimately, what I think is it's not only helpful to know the data, but then what insight does that give to our audience that they can take either uh, steps now or steps in the future or begin having conversations with their internal team, their agency, and probably more importantly, I would imagine, you know, their leadership team saying, here's what I'm hearing other clients and brands are are thinking and maybe based on that, we have this new insight that we may want to uh, exercise or implement. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting the the, uh, the respondents fell into three categories. And so uh, Susan and her team's work with attitudinal research is to look at people and say, these people believe uh, a certain subset of things together. It sort of lumps them into categories based on a bunch of their beliefs. And um, we never we never go into the study assuming we know what those categories are going to be, but they fell into three categories. And I think for your audience, uh, it's interesting to listen to the categories and sort of self-categorize yourself mm -hmm. and see where you fall and then hear how those folks are responding and sort of measure your response against them. So they fell into three categories. 30% of our respondents approximately are what we called a uh, distress. So they are, they are folks who uh, in many ways, a lot of their attitudes and their beliefs about what's happening currently in the US. And by the way, uh, our, this study, sometimes we've included international folks, but this study was all US based. Um, <clears throat> but these are people who had a tough time in the Great Recession. And so they're carrying a lot of that baggage over. And a lot of their assumptions are based not only on what's happening now, but what happened to them last time. So they almost have uh, PTSD about uh, recessions. So they are, they're in, they're freaking out a little bit. They're in panic mode. They think their business is going to be dramatically affected. They think that uh, they've got to cut all spending and really just button down the hatches to if they have any hope of surviving the storm. The second group, which was the largest group, was the folks that we called pragmatics. So they are, um, they actually see this, they're like, you know what? Recessions are part of the normal economic cycle. Uh, our business is well positioned to handle a recession. And actually, because many of our competitors are going to dial it back, there's opportunity. And we should be stepping in. We should be going big and bold, spending more money because we want to claim market share while there's less noise in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And then the last group was the steadfast group. Again, about 30% of our respondents, they too were very sort of matter of fact about this. Look, recessions happen, uh, but they were less uh, driven to seize the opportunity their their strategy is we're just going to put our heads down and barrel through this we're not going to change a lot of things we're sort of the steady eddies of the group uh but but we will come out on the other side just fine so that was sort of the core attitudinal differences and i think one of the things that surprised me anyway and i and i suspect it surprised susan as well you know that means 70 percent of the respondents and there were over a thousand of them. 70% of the respondents were like, you know what? This is business as usual. And this, a recession, you know, normally they don't come with a pandemic, but a recession is part of business and it's part of the business cycle. And we are in a good position 
to navigate through this. So I think from for agencies, it was good news. And for brands, if they're freaking out, they need to understand that their competitors probably aren't. Mm-hmm. And they, be- they better get their attention focused back on the game because otherwise they're going to be the ones who lose the market share. Yeah, I, I think the other interesting thing about this was that all of these segments exist in all sizes of organizations from a revenue standpoint, a budget standpoint. It doesn't matter whether you have an in-house marketing team, how big your team is. We see very large organizations in that distressed segment and we see very small organizations in the steadfast and pragmatic segment. So it's, it's you can't just assume that because your organization is large that the buying decisions for marketing and the decision makers are going to be feeling like everything's okay, this isn't gonna bother us because we saw folks sort of across all sizes that, that felt all three of these ways. Well, that's very helpful. I think anyone listening can clearly kind of self-identify as you mentioned. Um, and if they can't, maybe they need to just ask their coworkers, right? I mean, I think that <laughs> it's, it's pretty easy to kind of figure that out. So, um, you know, I like the steady Eddie, uh, you know, kind of persona. Um, and then I heard, you know, maybe we could call somebody like pragmatic Pete or something like that. <laughs> and then distressed Deborah, maybe, uh, you know, no, no uh, gender stereotypes implied, but, you know, just kind of, those are, those are kind of three ways I would, I would think of it and kind of start to identify, you know, not only you, the listener or, or viewer here, which one you fall into, but maybe where does your leadership team, you know, and who you report to and where are your colleagues and maybe even your, your uh, uh, direct reports, you know, kind of where are they in this? And, and so I would have different man- messages and ways to kind of communicate uh, with those folks um, internally. And then yeah. maybe, oh, and just one more thing, I would just say, and then think about who your audience is, right? If you have more direct relationships with the buyers of your service, if you're a professional service firm and, and you know, maybe you have a handful of clients or you're mass marketing, these, these attitudes are probably very reflective of the consumer in the marketplace too and, and how they're thinking. And I love how Drew mentioned it. It's pretty, and correct if I'm wrong, but it's pretty much divided, you know, about one third feels this way and, and, and 30% feel this way. Uh, so I think yeah. the other, I think the other opportunity is this is a leadership opportunity. If you, if you are, in the let's seize the day group or the let's just barrel through this group. And you've got a bunch of people who are chicken littling uh, through mm. the office, right? right? I think it, it it invites a leadership both internally and even maybe with your customers to say, you know what, this is, this is the way the economy works. And, you know, you can sort of point back whether it's an external cause like 9-11 or it's an internal cause, just an economic reality like it was in the Great Recession. We have these and we can't stop running our business and making good decisions just because the economy is not as robust as it was. The other thing I think you should be looking at is I would be looking at how my competitors are reacting because there's there's (laughs) opportunity there. Yeah, we saw lots of opportunity, I think, in this study. And certainly if you are in an organization and you are feeling like you're in that distressed category, my hope is that seeing that 70% of these respondents 
are not only not feeling that level of panic that you may be feeling, but have identified opportunities for themselves. Um, you know, that pragmatic group is going out and finding new big things to do. They are actually increasing spending overall and doing uh, some really sort of energetic things to take market share. And even the steadfast group is looking for opportunities to shift their spending around to get more advantage in a tough marketplace than maybe they had before. But I'm hoping that there are um, distressed listeners out there who maybe see in this study the opportunity to see other things uh, that, that they could be manifesting in their own organizations. Well, I think 70% is a key takeaway from this conversation. Uh, and I, I don't want to, I want to make sure our audience doesn't miss that because it yeah. is easy to, you know, be a little bit of a nervous Nelly or something like that. And to Drew's point, you know, I had PTSD before this even happened from the great reception, right? I mean, uh, you know, I literally feel like I have, you know, um, marks on my back from just, you know, getting beat over it. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of sleepless nights for me. And so, you know, Drew, not, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna pick on you a little bit and say, I remember you, you saying once, in our career, there'll never be another recession like the great recession. And obviously I can't hold you to that, but you know, here we are. So, uh, you know, it, it's unbelievable is my point, right? That we would be in this, in this situation. And, uh, and, but to me, I'm encouraged by hearing there are other leaders in the marketing world who are pragmatic, like you talked about. I mean, yes, recessions are coming. We all knew there was a recession coming, you know, absolutely. That, that's a conversation I had with one of my clients when they started outlying all this cash outlay they had. And I'm like, in your industry, you're vulnerable to a recession. And we've heard for years a recession is coming. And it sounds like you didn't do anything to prepare for that. Like, let's fix that right now, right? And, and that's, that's a hard conversation to have, but we all saw the recession coming. We just didn't know it was coming when and how deep uh, it was. So um, what other takeaways do you think are relevant to the uh, brands that are sitting in the client seat? Well, I, I think there are a lot of them. Um, I, I think one of the, I think the, for me, the biggest one from a brand's perspective is there, there is always opportunity, always, no matter what's happening in the outside world, there's opportunity if you are wired to look for and take advantage of that opportunity. And just like we saw, again, after 9-11, just like we saw after the Great Recession, a lot of businesses went dark and there's, there's, stacks and stacks and stacks of data that say when a brand goes dark during an economic downturn, they lose market share, they never get back. And a brand who accelerates, who amplifies their voice during a downturn gains market share that they never lose. And so now is the time. This is a huge opportunity to step in and step up and boldly claim your place in the leaderboard against your competitors. That is definitely uh, another key takeaway and something that we will add to the show notes because you provided me previously with that research and uh, we'd be happy to put that in the show notes. Uh, but real quick, we're going to take a quick break and come right back on the other side and dive more into this topic. You're listening to On Top of PR with your host, Jason Mudd. Jason is a trusted advisor to some of America's most admired and fastest growing brands. He is the managing partner at Axia Public Relations, a PR agency that guides news, social, and web strategies for national companies. And now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to On Top of PR, presented by Review Maxer. I'm joined today by Susan and Drew, and we are talking uh, about some interesting research they've done in the marketplace. And just before we went uh, to break, Drew was mentioning uh, how, uh, based on data, uh, there's some insight that can be gained where brands who stayed the course and even maybe accelerated their marketing efforts, their PR efforts uh, during the Great Recession actually came out on top in the end, whereas other companies that uh, kind of... Uh, you know, did, uh, what is it, Flamingo, where you stick your head in the sand and you show your rear, uh, they lost opportunity in market share by, by not being ambitious um, and by being conservative. Drew, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but maybe you could kind of uh, speak to that a little bit more in detail, and then we'll jump right back into your most recent agency edge research and uh, data. Sure. So the, the data, and, they, and there were multiple studies, and Jason, I know you're going to share them in the show notes, but there have been multiple studies that have looked at recession cycles from a marketing perspective and a, and a financial perspective for brands. And without exception, the data shows that during a recession or a depression, uh, any sort of economic downturn, the brands that quieted their voice, that stopped spending, that stopped advertising, that stopped reaching out to their constituents, they lost market share that they were never able to gain back. And uh, the brands that stepped into that space, that silence, and really started telling their story, because there was not a lot of chatter around them, they really had everybody's undivided attention. And so they were able to really maximize the impact of that marketing spend. They gained market share, which in, ma in many cases in the research allowed them to still be the market leader today. And there was one about the cereals that was like Kellogg and Post, or I, I don't remember the details, but I mean, the dominance has lasted over 75 years. So, uh, you know, I, the message is pretty clear to me um, that those of us who are present and present all of the time, not just when there's a recession or a depression, but present when everyone else is quiet, we have the stage all to ourselves and that serves to our advantage. And so I think brands need to recognize that this is a really unique opportunity for them to talk to people who maybe uh, haven't paid much attention to them in the past and that they can really bring some folks over to their side of the fence. Yeah. Very good. We will definitely put some information about that in the show notes. Um, so thank you for sharing that. So uh, we've talked about a few takeaways from uh, your research and how um, you know marketers uh, can can think about their brand and apply what they what other marketers are sharing with you in their own business and kind of share that with their leadership team and with their marketing team and perhaps even with uh, their agency. Um, what else did you guys end up finding out uh, as you're talking to these marketers in the marketplace? So one of the things that I found very interesting, just um, sort of to build on your last point, was this relationship with agencies. You know, I was struck by, and, and you know, we didn't interview a thousand of Drew's clients. These, this is a sort of a broad-based group across the U.S. and the reliance and dependence on agencies to help them work through these kinds of decisions was prevalent across the board. These folks really want a lot of deep conversations with their agencies. They want their agencies helping them strategically and they're really looking to them for advice. So if your listeners 
have an agency relationship where maybe they're not taking advantage of that to the extent that they would. I can tell you agencies are ready to have those conversations. Agencies are aware of what we've found from a research standpoint and, and are prepared to help clients make decisions regardless of which segment you are in with respect to what you need to be doing now. And, and I thought that was fascinating because we saw it across the board, again, big companies, small companies, and all of these segments. You're reminding me of the research you did last year where there are clients who have certain personalities who are leaning on agencies for strategy and, and uh, trusted counsel, trusted advisors. And then there are other personality types or client types who are just looking for production and getting things done for us. And so it, I would challenge any of our audience, if you're a client and you say you value your your agencies for their trusted advice and their counsel, this would be the time I think to turn to them and say, you know, as I've had conversations with people in our team and said, well, what's working specifically for this client that they should do more of? And what are what's maybe not working or maybe is uncertain right now? And let's consider that, don't kill it, but let's talk about it and make sure whatever we're doing is headed in the right direction. That seems like a natural conversation you would wanna proactively pick up the phone and talk to your agency about. And maybe I would guess that some agencies might be a little bit timid about being that proactive, right? Bringing to the attention that, you know, we know that you're probably making cuts. We know you're questioning your investment. Let's have conversations about it. The other thing agencies do is, so not only does an agency, can an agency help a client sort of manage and decide how to, how to handle their budget. But remember, agencies have a bird's eye view on what's working, not right. just for you, but mm -hmm. for their other clients. And, and most agencies, at least in my world, are talking to other agencies. So they also understand what's happening in other markets or wherever that may be. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think one of the things smart brands will do is they will bring their agencies closer to them during this economic downturn and say, look, even if you've been kind of a production shop and all that you've done is sort of place an order and the agency has done your bidding, now would be the time to tap into the strategic prowess of your agency and to say, you know what, I need more thinkers around the table. And if we're going to navigate through this economic downturn, we need some outside perspective knowing what's happening in the marketplace with, with other brands, whether they're in our category or not, and how can we learn from how other people are having success and how can we apply that to our business? This is the time uh, to really tap into the full suite of services of your agency, starting with their smarts. Susan, I was going to say that you mentioned uh, additional services, right? That the, the clients are looking for uh, possibly additional services from their agency. Um, is that right? Yeah, um, I mean, let, I let, think, me, let me ask you that first, but is that right? Is that what I should ask you? I think they, I think they are looking for a broader range of okay. opportunities that they right. might be able to participate in. Okay. All right. So let me address that. Here we go. Susan, as, uh, I heard you mention before we started recording this episode uh, that clients or brands are now looking to their agencies probably to think more expansively, both with, you know, what is it that you can do for us that might not cost us more money or 
that we might be able to scale and get more value out of our relationship. And that may or may not mean thinking expansively about the services that the agency is currently offering today or some new ideas and energy or uh, maybe even, like I said, additional services coming to the table. Talk about that a little bit and what, what, uh, what you heard from the research and, and how you interpret that. Well, I think we saw a couple of things. I mean, it's no surprise that there are a lot of brands who have relied in the past very heavily on, for example, in-person engagement with events and things like that. And that's been completely upended. So I don't think it's terribly surprising that brands are looking to their agencies to say, all right, we have money we used to spend on that. What should we be spending it on? You know, that's not terribly surprising. Um, but we also saw a lot of interest, as Drew said, in... Um, in clients who were saying, tell me what's going on outside of our bubble. What's happening with other organizations? Um, we have groups in the study who are voraciously keeping up with economic news. And I think, as Drew said, not only are agencies sort of holding their ear to the ground with what's happening in the marketing world, but they have contacts. They have media companies. They have um, other kinds of providers who have a tremendous amount of insight across their own client base of what's happening and where their opportunities are. And I think what we see is brands looking at sort of taking a breath and the opportunity, whether they want to spend more money or whether they want to move money around to say, what haven't we been doing at all or haven't done very much of that should be a bigger part of our portfolio? And what does that look like? And in some cases, that's going to be services that an agency offered that they just haven't engaged in before. And in other cases, it may just be sort of understanding the lay of the land from a broader perspective and shifting things around to take more advantage of some of the newer technologies that are help, helping marketers get through in a world in which we're pretty much online all the time and not necessarily in the office or traveling for conferences. That's triggering two thoughts in my mind, and, and one is the idea that um, I remember in the Great Recession, it seemed like clients were more willing to try something they weren't willing to try before, but they also gave it a very short leash. So they needed to see a quick uh, ROI or some, ex some initial results and outcomes to decide if they were going to keep going down that path. And the second thing, Susan, was you mentioned media partners and the relationships that an agency has. And, and I would say, you know, that's a key factor when you think about, uh, you know, at least uh, for what we do at Axia, PR work, right? So we're talking to, uh, you know, reporters at the Wall Street Journal, reporters at industry trade media. So they are, you know, very much consuming information and talking to multiple sources. So, you know, a, a good PR agency is going to put the R in relationships and public relations to work and have this high level view of connecting and talking to a lot of people, a lot of players and, and share those insights of what they're seeing both as an agency and what they're hearing from other clients and from other industry leaders and, and, uh, and uh, influencers uh, such as the news media. So I think that's a great point. And uh, you know, some of our best client relationships are when we have a client who comes to us and says, what are you hearing? Like what else is going on out in the marketplace? And so when they lean on us for that, it's a good reminder that we need to be asking those questions and, and, and reporting back the, the information that we pick up on. Uh, as we're starting to wrap up here, uh, are there other takeaways you want to make sure that we shared uh, with our audience? You know, I, I think the biggest takeaway for brands is twofold. One, if you're not out there 
telling your story, your competitor is going to be out there telling theirs. So yeah. it's time to level up. And two, now is a time for you to look at your agency partners. And, you know, most agency, most clients have more than one agency. So it's perfectly appropriate to bring all of them together. You don't have to sort of silo your relationships mm -hmm. because there's a lot of outside perspective and thinking and experience. And you're sort of foolish if you don't tap into that right now to learn how the agencies are serving their other clients, what they're hearing in their marketplace. You know, they have <clears throat> they have access to information sources like the media partners where they buy all their media from that can give them a lot of data. So smart brands are taking full advantage of everything their agency knows so that they're making the best decisions. And, you know, the other thing I want to say is most marketing tactics don't work in a day. So the other thing that I think is unfair and dangerous is if you're going to try something, if you put too short a leash on it and you don't allow, if the agency says it's going to take six months to yield results and you pull the plug in too, well, you might as well have thrown that money in a wastebasket and lit it on fire. Totally. So, agree. E yeah. so either do it and commit to doing it for as long as it takes to catch hold or yeah. don't do it at all. Don't waste your money. Yeah. That's yeah. a really good piece of advice. And and I mentioned earlier the short leash. And and yes, mm -hmm. I recall, you know, client clients saying, we're going to try this for six months. And then, like you said, two months in, they're like, we're not seeing immediate gratification. So we're going to pull it. And uh, and I think that's a big mistake. Susan, what were you going to say? I was just going to agree with Drew. I, you know, I think it's important to remember that agencies and clients are a symbiotic relationship. They work well together. They survive together. Uh, Drew and I talk to agencies all day long and they are very anxious to help their clients. They are working hard to identify efficiencies and new opportunities and help their clients uh, achieve their goals during a difficult time. So as Drew said, if you're not relying on your agency as much as you could be, uh, change that because they want you to be successful. That's how they are successful. I would imagine uh, like any relationship, as you go through tough times together, the relationship ends up being stronger most of the time or some of the times when it's when it's handled well. And so I think this is an opportunity for uh, clients and agencies to come out together stronger uh, with, you know, with like a band of brothers or, you know, in some kind of relationship that can over, if you can overcome this, you know, you've got a bright future ahead of you uh, in that relationship. So, Drew, were yeah, you Yeah, I mean, we saw, oh, I'm sorry, I, we saw a lot of folks on our survey who really believe that their agencies care not only about their organization's success, but care about them. And we saw the majority of these clients wanting to know how the agency is doing beyond things that affect their own account, but how the agency is doing. So there is a lot of sort of shared concern um, between these two entities. Yeah, that's a great point. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. A couple of quick things uh, as we wrap up. I, one, this is a great time. This is a pressure test for you and your agency, right? So if your agency is not more responsive, if your agency isn't bringing you new ideas, if your agency isn't willing to roll up their sleeves and sit down with you and really help you figure this out, that's pretty telling about the relationship with the agency. And, and maybe it's time for you to look for a partner who's more invested in your success. However, as Susan said, in the symbiotic sense of this, you know, we also saw a lot of in the survey, we also saw a lot of brands saying that basically they felt like they had a chokehold on their agency, that their agency had lost a couple of clients and that they could really squeeze their agency for better pricing and all of that. And I and my warning would be 
if you hold onto their neck too tight for too long, you're going to kill them. And so you also want your agency to be successful. So I'm not saying overpay for their services, but I'm also saying don't be a jerk <laughs> and try and squeeze everything you can out of them, which is going to really make them care less about you. If you don't care about them, you know, all relationships are reciprocal. So I think it's an opportunity for you to care about each other and care about each other's business. And as you say, kind of in a band of brothers, get through this together, come out on the other side stronger. And then, you know, you've got a relationship that is forged in something very real. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Any other closing thoughts? Get out there in the marketplace, make noise, <laughs> grab Go some more customers, grab some new customers. Now is the time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been fabulous. Thank you both uh, for sharing uh, your smarts and taking time to come on board here with On Top of PR and, and, and share with our audience uh, what you've been out there actively sharing, um, you know, in the agency world and, and, and helping us kind of uh, position this information of how, you know, this is important to clients also. So uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, both of you have been on previously, so it's uh, you're you are uh, our first, yeah, our first encore <laughs> guest. So it's always a pleasure, Jason. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for, for having us so much. Yeah, thank you, and uh, and be well. You, you too. too. This has been on top of PR with Jason Mudd, presented by Review Maxer. <laughs>